Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester. You might know me from my YouTube channel where I take pop culture trends and apply them to our own love lives. But here on the podcast, I do shorter dives and cover the best questions I've received from you guys over the last week. Got a question of your own you want to submit and chit chat privately with me? Find me on the Instant Go app. My username is Shallon XO and click chat to get connected privately and anonymously right away. Also, click like and subscribe on my YouTube channel for new videos every Friday and a whole bunch in between. And be sure to follow me on social media at ShallonXO on Insta, Snap, and Twitter. So this segment, we're going to talk about exes, how to get your stuff back from one, how to turn an ex back into a current boyfriend. We're also going to talk about hot and cold coworkers, guys who are out of your league, and dudes who fizzle out like a firework. So our first question comes from Maddie, and she has some issues with an ex that she's kind of hoping will turn back into the current. She says, Dear Shallon, my ex and I broke up in January because I didn't really want to be in a relationship right now. I wanted to be able to go around and go to parties and hook up with whoever I wanted. And at first, he begged me to stay, and I said we could try to work it out, and that just didn't work. So eventually, he said he just wanted to be friends because he's busy with school and sports and all that, whatever. But ever since then, I couldn't stop thinking about him and what our relationship would be like if I didn't mess it up. So I texted him a few nights ago and told him that I realized what's important and I would rather be with him than just hooking up with randoms. So I don't really think he trusts me anymore though. He listened to what I had to say but said he still just wants to be friends. I'm in love with him and I don't know what to do. Do I let him go or do I try to talk to him again? So here's the problem. Is a girl views listening to her intuition as messing everything up. That's not the case. I think Maddie did everything completely correct. Like she listened to what it is she wanted, to what she was feeling. She wanted to go and like, you know, kiss a bunch of boys, like be young and do that whole thing. Like being in a serious relationship is great if that's what you want, just like anything else. Like, (laughs) and you don't have the obligation to want that just because a guy wants to give it to you, you know? And I think women are taught that like, we only exist if we have a boyfriend. So it's like, of course we feel ridiculous turning one down. Like, are we crazy? What if no one ever loves us again? Like, that's fear talking. So I told Maddie, I was proud of her for listening to what her gut and maybe other body parts (laughs) were telling her. And like, because that's better than lying to him or changing what you want to try to be like the good girlfriend or just plain going out and cheating. She was living her truth. And you know what? Sometimes your truth changes. Sometimes you realize the grass isn't always greener. And yeah, you know what? You kind of wanted the stable thing. You're ready for it now. Maybe a few drunken makeout sessions is really all you need to realize that. But the problem here is trying to stay friends. I am not friends with any of my exes ever. Like not at all. Maybe like we're not like on bad terms and would like chit chat in an Instagram comment here and there, but they're not like my friends because friendship is supposed to be neutral. I don't have like a deep-seated lust for my friend Diane. I don't have all this toxic emotional baggage with Becca. Like we are friends. It's neutral and it's balanced. And it's not like one person has all the power and one person wants something different and one person doesn't. So the whole friends thing, get that out of your mind. All that is is a crutch. Like he wanted to stay friends with you because either he's still in love with you or he kind of wanted to keep tabs on you. So I told Maddie that... Basically, she's got to call his bluff because I only accept if someone is all in my life or they're all out. 
Think about it in another context. You know, my favorite game to play. A job, you wouldn't accept a job to be like, well, we're not going to hire you full time, but we'd love it if you could just come in and work. But I mean, we're not we're not not going to pay you. And I'm not even going to give you a set schedule of when we want you to be here, but that but that'd be great. You would be like, uh, I do not think so. No, you are a psychopath. No. And we shouldn't accept that from our emotional relationships either, you know? So I said, if she really wants him back, she's got to call his bluff and be like, all right, well, I don't want to be friends with you. I want to be your girlfriend. And I'm not going to like suffer through this weird faux friendship when, you know, that's not what I want. So adios, because that is going to restore the balance of power. You know, when you're in a fight with someone and you're right and you're just like, just raking them across the coals and you're just like drunk with the power of being right and then finally they're like you know what fine fuck you then I'm not going to apologize anymore and you're like oh no wait okay I'm sorry let's just let it go let it go it's because someone is putting up boundaries and they're like all right well you know I've done as much as I can if you don't want it by sometimes the guy's really got to lose you to miss you So I told her, walk away. And if he doesn't chase you, then you know what? That is what it is. And you didn't make a mistake. You were listening to your heart, like I said, in other body parts, and doing what you feel like you had to do. Part of moving forward in life and growing is trusting the decisions we made at the time. And yes, maybe six months later, you would have made a different decision, but you're a different person six months later. You've learned more about yourself six months later. There's more data points. So you can't look back and regret things because you don't step in the same river twice as they say like you're always changing you're always evolving so I told her leave him and if he doesn't come after you keep moving forward but I actually have a feeling that he will but it's only because you're going to put up boundaries and show him that while you love him you don't need him our next question comes from a fabulous young lady named Elizabeth and she says I'm 25 and my boyfriend's 31 and we've been together for almost a year now and I've got two young children but he doesn't have any children and I really have my life together and he does too. He's super romantic, respectable, comes from a great family, spent all these years traveling the world, gorgeous, encourages me, blah, 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 blah. Basically, he's a dreamboat. However, she says, and this is a big however, he's into drugs. Not just like smokes a bowl here and there. He'll finish work and goes out until six or seven in the morning with his much younger coworkers and drinks and does a bunch of drugs. I've never seen him do it and I don't know the full extent of it, but I know what happens. And he's promised me a million times he's going to stop, but every time I believed him, he never does. I've tried to change him and realize that I can't. So I've realized I can't progress any further in this relationship because I can't involve my son in this. And so Shallon, I don't need to ask you what I need to do because I know. What I want to know is how you can break up with him in a way that is going to incentivize him to reevaluate his life and change his behavior because I'm really worried for him. So this is a tricky this is a tricky situation because it's it's hard when you encounter someone who does have everything that you want but like she said there's the there's the uh-oh there's the however and it's a big one. And this is a big one because you know if you're 19 and you're doing drugs I mean, yes, you can chalk some of that up to experimentation. I've certainly done a lot of, not a lot, but I had like my my time in the sun with drugs. And I remember I stopped because my friend came to me and she's like, I feel like you're partying a lot. And I'm like, no, no. And she's like, you're doing coke like every single night when you go out. And I'm like, 
yeah, you know, I mean, I just feel kind of like lost here in New York and bored. And I don't know. I don't really know where my career is going. It just like kind of makes me not have to think about it. And she just looked at me and I was like, oh, oh, okay. And I literally never did it again. You know, I just stopped because I realized what it was. It was a crutch and it was anesthesia. I was using it to not have to think about something else that was going on in my life. And we use anesthesia in all different categories. It doesn't have to be like heroin or cocaine or even alcohol. It can be food. It can be shopping. It can be Netflix binges. And in moderation, all of those things are fine. Even cocaine, I guess. But when you do it to excess and when it's bleeding into the rest of your life, it's not fine. So I told Elizabeth that, you know, you could spend your life, and certainly women have, trying to figure out exactly how to play it to make someone wake up and see what they need to do. And it's like, you just can't. It doesn't work that way. I wish it did. If it did, we would all know how to do it by now. You know, there would be a literal manual on how to do this. But there isn't because it doesn't work. Someone has to want to change themselves. They have to want something better for themselves. And like, how does that happen? You know, what does that mean? What that really translates to is consequences. You, no one changes if there's no consequences, right? Nobody changes when something is working. So therefore, their method of going through life has to not work anymore. And a big way to make it not work anymore is to leave them. Like you don't have to break up with someone in a certain way. You just have to break up with them. And you have to really mean it. Like I see a lot of girls in this situation are dealing with a guy who's an alcoholic or he's a cheater or he's, he's something. You know, there's something going on there. And it's like I can tell when they leave him and it's basically a bluff. And if I can tell that from a text that they send me, girl, he can tell IRL. Like, people can tell when you're full of shit and when you don't mean something. Because people like a drug addict, they're very good at reading other people and getting what they want and getting their needs met and not getting in trouble. You know, so they're going to analyze you for your weaknesses and they're going to call your bluff. Like a child, you know, like a dog you're trying to train. It's like, I know you're going to give in. I just got to howl long enough. So I told her, you just need to walk out without hope or agenda that that's going to change anything. You need to walk out and move forward. And it doesn't have to be this big, long preamble. That's another thing we think. It's like, I have to, I have to like give them this Gettysburg address on why they got to change their life and why they're not worth it. Blah, 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 blah. No, it is literally a two sentence thing. I'm leaving you because you're a drug addict and you refuse to acknowledge it. Call me when you're clean and sober. Maybe I'll still be around. Maybe not, because you know what I always say, Shaloners, if you leave out something valuable, it gets taken. And people have to know that. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a consequence that's going to propel them to get help and to fix their life. Because you can't change what you don't acknowledge, and you're not going to acknowledge something that's working. So I told her to pack her bags and get gone, not just to help him, but to help herself. This next question comes from a girl across the pond named Allie, and she's dealing with a breakup, and the worst part about a breakup is how messy it can be, how it's not exactly always clean. So this is what Allie says, Dear Shallon, I finally broke up with my super toxic boyfriend after about three years, and I feel like I've 
you know, gotten out of a bad situation, but I'm not actually physically out of a bad situation. I still have a ton of stuff at his house and I have to go over there on Saturday and get it, including my dog. If it was just my things, I would leave them, but I have to have my dog. And I'm afraid that seeing him is going to make me nostalgic and want to get back together with him. So what can I do to kind of steel myself against his powers and not feel really sad and missing him and succumb to his manipulation? So this is hard, right? One phrase I love that I tell you guys a lot is, the devil is never just going to let you walk out of hell. Like something bad is going to try to hold on to you. Because bad people, I think, on some level, know that they're bad. And they want to keep around someone who's going to put up with it, right? It's a lot easier to peck at your window and it's like reel you back in than go out and start this whole thing over and try to convince a whole other woman. It's like, hey, I'm terrible. Would you like to get involved in this? So... I told Allie to make a list. I'm a big fan of lists, like an actual pen and paper list. We, re we respond to things better and we absorb them better when we write them down physically, like with ha by hand. I said, make a list of why you're leaving and tell everyone around you that you want reminders too, because believe me, all your friends and family are going to have one million negative things to say. I mean, right? Like, don't you have just an endless shit list of trash to talk about your friend's toxic boyfriend? Of course, like it's a gold mine. And she's, Ali is going to know this dude best, right? So I told her to anticipate his tactics. What do you think he's going to do? Is he going to get angry? Is he going to cry? Is he just going to ice you out and ignore you and make you feel like you don't exist? Be prepared for those scenarios and try to gauge your response ahead of time. Forewarned is forearmed. But remember, you're so much stronger than you think. I heard a quote the other day that said, we are so much more damaged by the thoughts of what might happen than what actually happens. It goes back to, I think, what Churchill said, like, you have nothing to fear but fear itself. Like, we get ourselves so gassed up and it's like, what am I going to do? And then when actual calamity comes, most people process it really well. You know, we take things step by step, we break it down to manageable piece, and we get through it. We put one foot in front of the other. But of course, recognize that you're probably going to miss him. You're going to see a face that you fell in love with. You're going to see a person who laid down next to you for years and years. And there was love there at some point. You're going to miss someone that's natural. But that doesn't mean that you belong with them. I miss my elementary school every time I drive by it. It doesn't mean I should go re-enroll in kindergarten. I miss living with my old roommates. Doesn't mean that's where I should be right now in my life. It's natural to love and miss someone that you had history with. So don't try to suppress that or deny it. Lean into it and it passes a lot faster. I learned that with my ex-husband. Every time I tried to be like bulletproof and like, oh, I don't care. I don't love him or miss him. It just, the agony went on and on and on. It's like an emotional splinter that I talk about. You got to just pull it out, feel that pinch, and then it starts to heal. This next question is from a young lady named Kim from California. She said she met this guy on Zeusk, which I like never have heard of anyone meeting someone on Zeusk. I, I'm so used to like the big, the big apps, you know, OkCupid, Match, Tinder, Bumble, JSwipe, Farmers Only, you know, the, the normal ones. Anyway, that's not the point. She matched with this guy and she was, you know, not super initially attracted to him. Just some superficial things were like, according to her, 
not really jiving. But this is what she said. He was so calming and cool. I was intrigued and he was really genuine and wanted to talk. So he asked for my phone number and we laughed and talked and all that good stuff for two weeks. He really wanted to meet. So he asked me out the first week and I wasn't ready. So I asked if we could wait. And he said, sure, no problem, no pressure. We've exchanged some pictures, but nothing was ever inappropriate or sexual. He'd say stuff like, good morning, beautiful woman. You're so beautiful. I'm so happy I met you. And if for whatever reason I don't choose him, whoever I do pick is one lucky guy. Stuff like that. He also said he didn't really like the app and he's like thinking about getting off of it. So finally, after a few weeks, we set a date. We had an awesome time and he was making jokes like, oh, so your ex paved the way for me, huh? He just was seemingly talking about the future a lot. It was cute and we laughed. We hung out for five hours and he hugged me and had just a sweet little kiss. Basically, it was a perfect date. But I got home. He texted me, good night, beautiful woman. I had a great time. Texted again in the, in the morning and I always responded. On Wednesday, he asked if I wanted to go do something. I was busy, but I said, hey, how about Thursday? And I literally never heard from him again. Was he just not into me? Did he feel obligated to make it seem like he was into me because we talked for so long? And like he said, that was so rare for him. It's all just really strange. I don't want to reach out anymore. And he said he's been single for about six or seven years. And his last relationship was seven years long. Anyway, I'm just so confused. He was kind of awkward. And I just feel so bummed out. What happened? Hmm. So I actually, reading this question that she sent me, saw a lot of red flags. He was very all in from way early on. And that's not good. And it's not normal. Like you guys hadn't even met. And he was like... Hello, beautiful. I'm so glad I met you. Like, well, he hadn't met you. He'd spoken to you. And we, ha we have to remember that talking to someone is not the same as meeting someone. I mean, think about it. There have been so many times you probably connected someone with someone on a dating app, and then you get there on the date, and you take one look at them, and you're like, that's a homosexual. Or like, that guy's not attractive. The chemistry just isn't there. You know, there's nothing like meeting IRL. But you know, they did meet IRL and they had a good date. But like, he didn't know that yet. He, he knew nothing about her and was yet like super into her. That's weird. Okay, a guy can be curious about a girl. Yes, his interest can be piqued. Sure. But to, to be like, I like you? No. Especially as a grown up. Again, if you're a teenager, fine. Like, you don't know the difference. But this dude... I would guess is probably around 30. If he's been single for six years and his last relationship before that was the same amount of time, I mean, he's at least 30, right? So all of this tells me that he's immature and doesn't know how to have a well-paced relationship. And the fact that he did have a past relationship, I mean, first of all, that could be, it could just be a lie. People lie all the time. Like, it's the easiest thing in the world. It costs you nothing. And even if it's true, who knows how that played out? The girl could have chased him. It doesn't matter. Right now is what you have to focus on. And right now, he's acting like a kid playing grown-up without the ability to actually back it up. So I think she's better off without him. Guys like this are like a firework. They're a big flash at first, but they fizzle really quickly. And another red flag I saw was her hesitation to meet up with him. I think that can be either intuition. It's like there's something from the get-go. The very first thing she said about this guy was, I wasn't that into him. There were some things that I just... Just didn't click for me. But he seems so cool and so calm. Well, maybe that's because there's not a lot of emotional depth there. Maybe what you're seeing is just shallowness, you know, like flat affect. That's not always a good thing. 
And I'm a big fan of meeting up right away. I need to see what the consist, I'm sorry, what the chemistry is like, like ASAP. I don't talk to any guy for more than 48 hours on an app if he's not setting up a date. Like that's it. Like I don't do this shit like every Sunday, hey, how was your weekend? No, 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 no. You set a date within the first 48 or I'm out because I don't want to waste my time and I don't want to get down into this fantasy rabbit hole where I'm picturing us together and oh my gosh. And like that is just how it goes. It's not a thing that desperate women do. It's not a thing that only lonely women do. It's a thing that all women do. And yes, I feel like women do this more than men. It's annoying. But this is just kind of how we're built. Our minds are dreamy and active. We grew up on goddamn fairy tales. So it's natural that you're going to go down that fantasy rabbit hole. And that's fine, but make sure that you have data to back up and fuel those fantasies. You know what I mean? And you get that by meeting up. Because otherwise, you're just going to waste your time. And there is nothing more important in this world than time. So flush him. He sounds like a child. It's not fireworks season, honey. Save that shit for the 4th of July. So Nika messaged me with a question about a guy she works with. Basically, she's in kind of a Jim and Pam situation, only she's Pam and she's adorable and awesome, and Jim is a complete douchebag. So this is what Nika says. Hi, Shallon. Okay, so there's this guy I work with. We've known each other for about three months, and we don't really talk at work, but I overhear him a lot, and I really like his personality. He seems so funny and so charming, but he does sort of like subtly flirt with me in his own way. He'll like hit the back of his chair, so I turn around, and he'll give me a wink and a smile, and there's some chit-chat here and there in the break room, and there's definitely a lot of really flirty and intense eye contact, but then sometimes he like ices me out completely. For like days at a time, he will not even acknowledge my existence. And then just as mysteriously, he'll pop back in and be flirting up a storm, kind of. So now I'm at the point where I don't really know what's going on. Does he like me? And then there's an added layer of his office is moving. He's going to be moving two floors up. And I'm literally so sad about him moving that I've been crying about it. So I just, I can't handle the possibility that I'm not going to see this guy anymore. And I don't know if I should ask him out, if I should talk to him, if I should try to follow him to his floor. Tell me what to do. All right, Nika. So if a quality guy is into you, he asks you out. It is literally that simple. When a guy likes you, he asks you out. That's the thing I always hated about the show The Office. It's like we romanticized Jim and Pam. Jim was such a beta male. Like he couldn't ask out a woman he has regular access to. Like even when they were both single. Like I get at the beginning she was engaged, but it's like, when they were both single, like, bro, what's wrong with you? So when a guy likes you, he comes after you. He doesn't bide his time for three months or even three weeks. Men are hunters, and a hunter knows that he needs to go after what he sees and targets, or some other hunter will. At the very least, that prey's going to scamper on away. So I think this guy was sort of using her as a way to pass the time at work and boost his ego. And he suddenly turns cold because those needs were getting met somewhere else, a.k.a. he probably has a girlfriend. And when things get boring or annoying with the girlfriend, he's going to come sniffing around her again. So even if there is some spark, which there probably is, he's not acting on it in a legitimate way, so she shouldn't prioritize him in a legitimate way. And she said it herself, it's the possibility she is focused on, not the guy. It's the possibilities, because really, she doesn't know him. He could shout back at movies or clap when the plane lands. We just don't know. What we do know 
for sure, is that she's projecting all of these great things onto this dude and taking that as the truth. Fantasies aren't data. You know what I mean? Theories aren't facts. But it's hard to get over a fantasy because fantasies are perfect. You know, you can't look at a fantasy from a different angle and see the flaw. All you're seeing is this glossy perfection. But this dude is not perfect. So I think it's the healthiest for her to view him as he views her. A fun way to pass the time and spice up the workday, but not viable boyfriend material. And she's like, you know, yeah, he's kind of weird. Like he's, he stares creepily at me. And I'm like, all right, then yeah, he's probably just creepy. And the reason he's not asking you out is because he doesn't want to. I know, I know. Nobody wants to hear that. Believe me, I don't like saying it. And I've experienced it a billion times and I didn't like feeling it. But he's not asking her out because he only wants to keep it at that level because it works for him. And like I said, he's probably getting his needs met elsewhere. He probably has a girlfriend, maybe a few girlfriends. Like if he's flirting with her at work, he's not, he's not stupid. This is his first rodeo. He knows how to flirt with women and I guarantee he has one he's flirting with constantly. So let him move offices and she should think about leaving a job and not staying in it just to have a dude to flirt with. Think about how high Pam Beasley could have flown if it weren't for Jim Halpert. She could have been living at a different crappy Pennsylvania steel town instead of Scranton. They're out there. Our next question comes from a young lady named Beth. Now, Beth met a guy on Bumble that she feels is way out of her league. She says, Dear Shallon, I'm going out with this guy for the second time, and I'm basically high-key obsessed with him. He's practically perfect. He has an amazing job. He's so handsome. He comes from a good family, and I'm... Well, I'm still getting blacked out at brunch. And my friends are like that messy party group of girls. One always does the splits in whatever bar she's at. Another one does the worm. So I feel like I'm just not mature enough for him. And I don't know. Like, I feel like he's going to be embarrassed by me. Or like, I feel like I can't drink around him. But we're probably going to have sex the next time we go out. I don't want to ruin everything. I don't want him to be embarrassed by me. So basically, this dude is way out of my league. What do I do? Okay, Mandy, first of all, I'm sorry, not Mandy, Beth. (laughs) I'm just making up names. Beth, I feel like you would blend in very well with my friends because you know what? That's what it's like to be like a young, hot bitch. Like you're allowed to go out and have fun. That doesn't mean you're not the girlfriend type. That doesn't mean you're not the marrying type. And it doesn't mean that like guys are out of your league if they don't do that. If you think it's a pathology and like this is sort of like, the indicator that has illuminated that you know like this guy turning up in your life has made you realize like hmm maybe I'm ready for like a social shift maybe I'm ready to get away from that bottomless worm splits brunch and like move into another phase of my life that's great but the worst thing we can do one of the worst there's like a billion worse things one of the bad things we can do is tell ourselves that a guy is out of our league first of all girl you met his ass on bumble I hate Bumble. I've done a whole video about it and boy did it bring the beta males to the yard. Bumble, I don't like it because its inherent construct is girls chase guys. If you know anything about me, I'm sure you can understand why I have a problem with that. Women do not chase men. The egg doesn't swim to the sperm. The bait doesn't swim to the fish. This is not how this goes. And I'm certainly not signing up for an app to do it. So this guy could be a complete fuckboy. 
all you know about him is like one nice date and whatever's on his profile. And let me tell you something, anyone could be nice for a date. Adolf Hitler could probably be nice for like, I don't know, three or four dates. He did art, he could make you a picture, he loved dogs. You know, like there were positive qualities to play up about him because there's positive qualities in everyone. And people certainly at first, they show you what they wanna show you. No one's leading with the bad. No one's leading with the weird. They're leading with that blue chip stock, you know? He wants you to think that you're not in his league. That's That might be what he does. So go into this being like, you know what? We're all equal. But I understand what it's like to be like, I need to go into something with a clear head. I need to not drink so much. I need to tap into a better side of myself. So avoid the triggers. I... <laughs> I had a Tinder date. It was like our third or fourth date or something with this guy. And he's like, man, all you do on our dates is drink. And I was like, that's because your ass has only taken me to bars. You've never taken me to dinner or bowling or to putt-putt or top golf. You've taken me to bars. So what am I supposed to do here? Start sweeping up? I was furious. This was so insulting. It's like, was this just like a test to you or something? So I digress. Beth, do something that doesn't involve drinking, you know, and see if you can be around this guy sober. Maybe you can't be around any guy sober. That's a whole other issue to address. But like, do something that taps into a better side of you. Go for a walk. Go to the park and have like a cheese picnic. Maybe just buy one bottle of wine and split it. But he could turn out to be a huge fuckboy and like, it doesn't have anything to do with you. And another note on like guys who are out of your league, your anxiety will calm down when you realize that no one is better than you. Maybe he's just different, but different isn't better. I've dated actually a lot of famous guys precisely because I never saw a difference between them and me. Oh, you got a Grammy award? That's cool. I've accomplished things too. Not in that field and maybe not without, you know, not with that level of recognition, but I wasn't trying to win a Grammy, you know? So I don't feel competitive with the guys that I date. It's like, good, good for you. So challenge yourself to a three drink maximum on a date. That's going to keep you from spiraling and thinking like, oh my God, I'm never going to live up to it. And if it leads someplace good, great. If you can be without that alcohol, that's good too. And maybe, again, this guy is just a signpost on the road of life being like, you know what? I'm ready for a social shift because if it doesn't work out with him, it's going to work out with someone else because all dating is is data. I like to think that that's the root word of dating because if, if even if it doesn't work out, you're gaining more knowledge about yourself and really that's better than gaining a guy. That's all for this week, Shaloners. Thanks for tuning in. And like I said, if you have a love question of your own that you need some help on, find me on the Instant Go app and click chat to get connected right away. Also, find me on YouTube, Shallon Lester. Click like and subscribe for new videos every Friday and a bunch in between. And be sure to follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at ShallonXO. Stay savage. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.